Do you want players with upside? Well, I'm going to go through a bunch of them, including the big fella in New Orleans, who I need to address the report on him, Zion Williamson. We're talking upside picks for fantasy basketball drafts. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Okay, so we're talking upside picks because I believe that so much to winning a fantasy basketball league is um, attention. It's building um, the team correctly and making the right moves in the draft and during the season. But it's also about just hitting on the guys that break out. You want to hear the term league winner, which gets thrown around all of the time incorrectly. But the way that you were able to win leagues a lot of the time last season was you drafted Shea Gildas-Alexander in the fifth round or the fourth round, or you drafted Larry Markin in the eighth round or the ninth round. That's how you win a league is by those guys returning 40, 50 spots of value. That's how you do it in general. So outside of the first two rounds in a draft, you know that my thought process is when you hit your bench, you just start, you you want upside. But once you're outside the first two rounds of your draft, I think you need to be mixing in upside players. Now, that doesn't mean reaching for guys who, at their best case scenario, it's about looking at players who might, it's not that hard to see how they exceed this number. Now, you don't want to do that for every single pick. right? That's not what we want to do. We don't want to be looking at every single pick, taking swings on guys. I'm going to take Paolo at pick 40 because he's got the upside to go past that. I'm going to take Jalen Brown at 60 or Jalen Green at 60 because, wow, he's a young player and he's got upside to beat it. That's not what it's about here. It's about finding extra value in picks. You don't have to do it with every round. And as I've said many times as well, if you find an older player with maybe no upside, but he falls 30 spots from where you think he's going to be, well, that is upside built in. Because if you get him at 90 and you think he's a 60 player and, you, and you've already got that, that value's already there. You've already accumulated rounds worth of fantasy value, whether it's points or category league format, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go through each round here and have a look at players based on some Yahoo and uh, Yahoo ADPs and Yahoo ranks and ESPN ADPs, more so ranks because the ADPs are all over the place on ESPN. Talking about a player in each round, again, you do not have to target this guy and you don't have to do it every round, but you want to start looking at a bare minimum, I would say every second pick after round two, looking at guys who've got a chance to beat that by 15, 25, 35 spots. It's not every pick needs to be like that because sometimes those players with 35 spot upside have 35 spot downside as well. And you can afford to take one of those. You can afford to take two of those and cop that hit if it doesn't work out. You can't afford to do that seven times and hit on two out of the seven. That will sink you. But you do need to be striving for upside with a lot of your picks. So we might as well, we might as well get into it. And we're, I said, we're going to start at 
round three because I believe that round one and round two, like you don't, you don't, there's no upside in round one and round two, there's limited upside. Like, yes, a round two player who becomes round one is good, but it's not about that big chase. You just sort of want a bit of stability in general with those first two rounds. So let's start with round three. We'll start, we'll look at Yahoo, we're going to look at ESPN and... On Yahoo, Bam Adebayo is ranked 33. And again, we're talking rounds on a basis of a 12-team league. That is two-thirds to 70% of all leagues are 12-teamers. And I would like to talk more in a standard setting like that uh, as a general rule. I, I think we should do that more often. Bam's ranked 33. His ADP is 33. The This, I think, will probably start to come in as the weeks progress after Damian Lillard didn't get traded there. But I think with a likely minimization of Kyle Lowry or reduced role. He played 31 minutes a night, Lowry, last season. Bam should be able to get more assists back and also maintain his usage. Now, again, I don't, I'm not projecting Bam as the 20th best player. I think if you get him in 26 or 27 or 33, it's, it's totally fine. But it's not really that hard to look at Bam's numbers and say, well, what if he gets five instead of four assists? What if he actually goes to 1.2 blocks? Done. 20th best player, 23rd best player. It's a lot of value still in him there. And again, in round three, it's going to be hard to find a number, a first round overall guy, but maybe you do it. And if you're on ESPN, I think you can do it because Cade Cunningham is ranked 34th on ESPN with an ADP of 56. Again, those ESPN ADPs, they, they don't really make a lot of sense. Uh, there's and I've talked about this in the Monday Movie Show yesterday, that the ESPN ADPs are changing by like sometimes 20 spots in a week, which just feels like there's a level of manipulation going on there, which maybe isn't legit. On, we'll say, look, I don't include Cade on the Yahoo one because he's ranked, he's got an ADP of 39 with a rank of 31. I could have included him. I just wanted to include Bam there. And there's many other options in each round. But Cade at 34 on ESPN, again, maybe he is the 34th best player. Maybe he's the 50th best player, whatever. But he also has top 12 upside. It's not particularly difficult to get Cade there. If he averages 25, 6 and 6, 1.3 steals, and shoots 47 and 89 from the line, he's probably there. Just get, just get, just score 26 a night. Can he do it? I don't know. Do I feel all right about him averaging? Like last year, he averaged 26 and 6. I think he gets 22, 6 and 6. I think he improves his percentage pretty easily, and I think he's fine in round three. There are people who don't want to do it there, and I totally get that, and I am not. Please do not get me wrong. I am not suggesting you take Cade Cunningham in round two or in round one. You do not do that at all. But I think taking him at the back end of round three gives you a 10% chance of a first-round player. 25, 6, and 6. We'll say 25, 6, and 7. 1.3 steals. 46, 88. First-round guy. And not not everyone in that zone has first round upside. I think that I think most people would agree with that. There are people who just give you nice third round value, and there are some who can jump it up. Small chance, but the chance is there nonetheless. It's football season. That means pizza. It means wings. It means buffalo chicken dip. What's buffalo chicken dip? Never heard of buffalo chicken dip, but apparently you can get it. So whatever you prefer at your tailgate, go all out and get cash back on every purchase with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure that you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. 
Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It is that easy. The average iBotty user earns $100 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip or a flight or a fancy dinner or a show. Whatever it is you're looking to do, you can get that real cash back. You earn it back on hundreds of online brands as well. And you get that cash back straight to your bank account or into your PayPal or in the form of gift cards. Download the iBotta app now and use the code LOCKED to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free iBotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's iBotta in the Google Play or the App Store and use the code... What code is it? Yeah, using the code LOCKED. So that's round three. Let's take a look at uh, round four. And I've got the same player here for both Yahoo and for ESPN, and it is the headmaster, Jamal Murray, who is ranked 47th on Yahoo, ADP of 43. He's ranked 39 ESPN with an ADP of 44. Murray obviously was great in the playoffs. He's a full year, further year removed from the ACL recovery. Um, they lost some depth there in Denver, but it's not necessarily just about that. It's about him just taking an extra five 10% on his production from last season after a bit of a shaky start with some low minutes early. Now, they'll be pretty cautious still with his minutes, I would guess, just because of the long finals run. But I think it's it's almost inarguable that Murray's going to be in a healthier position than where he was last season. And if he came in and averaged 24, 5, and 6.5, and why couldn't he do that? Why couldn't he average 25 points a game? I think that's legitimately reasonable. He's a dynamic scorer who keeps getting better. And that in the fourth round, what that's like, what's I'd say that Cade has first round upside, as I just said, like Cade could get 25, six and seven. He could do that. Jamal could get close enough on that. Probably second round, probably top 18, top 17. Don't know why I said 17. Maybe, maybe even to the top 15 in terms of upside. Again, we're talking limited ability, limited chance, low chance, low percentage to get to that number. But I love taking that chance on a guy like that when you can get him apparently the end of the fourth round on Yahoo, at least middle of the fourth round, where maybe it's a second round player, maybe he's an early third round player. There's quite a bit, I think, of extra value there in the headmaster in drafting in that round four range. We're not expecting him to blow up and become a first round guy. I actually wouldn't completely rule that out. It would seem hard to do given his lack of defensive stats in both steals and blocks. Like he doesn't get any of those really and he doesn't get to the line, which is probably the advantage that Cade has over him where Cade can get to the line more often. Jamal, but you know, Jamal in this year, what is he, age 26? What if he starts going there six times a game? If he does that, that is a that's a pretty comfortable top 20 player. It's unlikely, but it is a pretty comfortable top 25 player. In round five, I think this would have changed more, but I'm not sure it's going to anymore. It's DeAndre Ayton in Portland. I would have had Ayton in round three, and then Rob Williams came along, which is interesting because I don't know how much they can play together, and I also don't think that Ayton's going to play 34 minutes while Rob Williams plays 14. So I think that takes a little bit of the top off of Ayton's game in terms of being that top 30 upside player. Williams can get hurt at any point, and maybe they don't care about winning, so they do play them together, and Aiton still plays 35 minutes. And if he's playing next to Rob, instead of Jeremy Grant, well, Rob's going to take far fewer shots, not to say Grant's going to do anything, but Grant might get traded at some point, or his troublesome knee may flare up. Who knows? Or Grant plays at the three, which I don't think they will do. But there are still situations putting a perceived cap on Aiden. He's ranked at 53 
I've got him actually for both Yahoo and ESPN. Ranked 53 on both sites, interestingly enough. ADP of 53 on Yahoo and an ADP of 76 on ESPN. Again, the ADPs on ESPN are whack. They don't make any sense. I am absolutely all in on Aiton in round five and even in round four with pretty clear round three upside, even though yeah, three days ago, I would have said the chances of him being round three were over 50%. Now I'd say they're probably 20% because of the addition of Rob Williams. And I think that will stop his ADP and his rank escalating too far up the board. And he might get pushed into the 45 range or something, 46 range, um, which still, I think, presents pretty good value for DeAndre Ayton. So he sits there uh, at the moment in round five. Even if he moves to round four, he still does have upside in that. We just we don't know how they're going to use things in Portland as, as, we, uh, as things currently sit. But there is still upside um, in his current positioning. Round six. Here is probably two of the biggest and most interesting players in general. And if you've gone with a little bit of safety in round four or round five, you can really swing here in round six. On Yahoo, I'm looking at the delicate dancer, Alperen Shangun, who has a rank of 59 and an ADP of 61. Now, I could see Shangun be 90th. I could see Ime Yudoka say, I think that your defense is holding us back and I want Eason and Smith out there and you play 28 minutes a night and then he's at like the 85th best player. I could see that. Or I could say Yudoka go, holy shit, like what have we got here? This guy is running things. His defense actually isn't as bad as what I've been told or what you know the media has uh, lied to you about. Um, that we want the ball in his hands and he's playing 33 minutes a night, averaging five and a half assists as a center. And that means he's a top 30 player. His ADP, Shangun, is 61. His rank is 59. It is risky. This is probably a 50... I would say with Shangun, right? There is no chance of him being in this 55 to 65 range this season. To me, it's either 20 spots above or it's 20 spots below. I don't see how he sort of just sits along and plays in the middle. And it is a big boom and bust. And you don't want to just stack those guys on top of each other because it will ruin your draft. Because if every one of them is a 50-50 chance of happening and you have seven of them, well, your odds of six of those happening is very low. Sprinkle a couple in, and Shangun's a great one. And that brings me to talk about the biggest bird, Zion Williamson, because there's a there's something I need to address with this. And it goes, again, through to media literacy. And you know I talk about this all the time. But there is a tweet that is from Rotowire. I don't know who wrote any of this stuff on Rotowire. I know there's lots of people that work there and do stuff there and write their blurbs. It's pushed onto CBS in terms of CBS's fantasy. So you see the note pop up. And the note says, Zion Williamson, not yet healthy ahead of camp. So you look at that and go, oh my God, this bloke. I cannot draft him. Again, how is this happening? Again, we, we're this is ridiculous. We're not drafting him. The gut reaction is to believe it. You go, of course, Zion's not healthy. What is this bullshit? Why is it taking so long? Um, Absolute do not draft. So you click through, and the headline on the page says, not yet healthy ahead of camp. Coach Willie Green said on Monday that Williamson hasn't yet been able to return to the court. Aaron Summers of Bailey Bally Sports New Orleans reports. The Pelicans revealed at the end of last season, Williamson hadn't progressed to five-on-five work. The 23-year-old isn't yet healthy as the team prepares for training camp this year. It's not yet clear whether he'll be able to suit up for New Orleans at any point during preseason, but it doesn't, and it doesn't appear his return is imminent. That's doomsday. Yeah, look, how is this hamstring injury, which he suffered in January, still creating a problem? 
But the tweet that links that report says, Coach Green said, Zion hasn't been happy not being able to be on the court and help his team out. There is no doubt he is still one of the best when he is healthy. Cool. You know what that doesn't say? That he is currently not healthy and that it also doesn't say that he's unable to play at the moment. It says that Zion was pissed that he wasn't able to play and help his team last season. This does not say that he is not healthy. So you've got to click through two layers to get to this. You click, you see the headline, you go, oh my God, Zion's hurt. And then you click the next one. Oh my God, Zion's not going to be ready for camp. And you click the tweet and you go, what? Now, maybe there is something else that was reported, but I cannot find it anywhere. It is not listed anywhere, any talk that Zion is not healthy. In fact, all the reports from Griffin and Willie Green um, at, and Treasure Langdon, I think, was talking as well at Media Day saying, this is the most prepared I've ever seen Zion. He's done so much commitment to his health. Um, he's been in here working all the time. He looks fantastic. Zion, what's going on with you? Well, the thing I'm working on is being unguardable. No one said anything, man, Zion's not ready to go. Everyone said, man, he's been working so hard. I've seen him in here all, all the time. Media literacy, and if the person who wrote this is watching this, hey, it goes out to you as well. That's not what that says. Unless I am completely off track. Zion hasn't been happy not being able to be on the court and help his team out. Does not say that he is not healthy now. It just does not. So be really cautious about how you digest information, even if it comes from me or anybody. Read what it actually means. Because I had, as soon as this came out, I've had multiple people go, man, what do you make of Zion not being healthy, Josh? Where do you bump bump him down? I don't, because it's a lie. Well, it's not a lie, because lie would indicate... Um, a deliberate misleading. It's just not true. And now, Zion, in round six, had a rank of 67. Again, the ADPs, all over the place on ESPN. 37. His rank on 67 is great. Zion, in a points league, can be a top 12 player per game. In a category league, he can be a top 20 player per game. There is significant risk with him, obviously, with health. Obviously. But when we talk about taking a swing, this is it. This is the one. This was the Shea. Shea was injured heading into camp. Can he ever stay healthy? The Thunder are going to tank. If you take Zion at 67 in round six and he plays 30 games, ah, it's not great. It's not great. But you know what? It doesn't sink you in the slightest. You recover from that very, very easily. But there is unbelievable upside here in Zion, even if you don't fully believe that it's going to happen. I wasn't really planning on talking about anything like that with media stuff, but as soon as that came out and it tied into me having Zion on this list, it is really important. It is it is unbelievably important to understand what information you're getting, where it's coming from, and what the hell they, they're finding that from. Because it just... And, and I, th- I expect that that tweet and that report will get taken down. Because it's, it's, just, it's just not accurate from everything that I can see. And I've done a lot of bloody looking to see what I can find. Um, round seven. Two players on here that I think are very interesting on Yahoo. It is Anthony Simons. You heard me and... Who was it? Me and B-Dub yesterday, I think it was. Or was it Mitch? That was Mitch Casey. We talked about Anthony Simons. He's ranked on eight, at 83. There is concern that he won't get big assists with Scoot around. There is concern of his lack of defensive stats. But when you're taking someone in round seven, with ADP of 77 for Simons, who probably has a real chance to be the leading scorer on that uh, Blazers team... He could be top 50. 
he could be top 40. I wouldn't say top 25 or top 30, which is the value that he can return when he is the point guard, but he is not the point guard. But we're talking a round seven guy that could easily be round five and maybe round four. Round four is top 50. And I don't know that there's huge downside to him at 83. So that's one of those ones where even if you did take Zion, where there's significant downside, or Shengun, if Simon's at 83, there's, there's no downside in that, I don't think. It's all upside, and I love that sort of a pick. Then on ESPN, they've got Rudy Gobert ranked at number 80. Now, Gobert was a disappointment last season. His block rate disappeared, and he's at 31, and maybe that never comes back. His usage was down. That's fine. But if he swings back to two blocks, probably top 50 player, yeah? Big field goal guy, good rebound player. He lost some rebounds last season, and maybe Towns impacts him somewhat. But at 80, with an ADP of 90, again, like Simon's, Where's the downside in that? And Gobert has been, using traditional ranking methods, obviously, a top 20 player in the passing category leagues. I don't expect him to be that. But it's not outrageous to say that he could average 12.5 boards and 2.1 blocks on 70% shooting with 14 points. And that probably puts him back close to that range. And when you're ranked at 80 and you're in round seven, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll, I'll take that crack at it. Round eight, it's the same player for both. It is the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, who's ranked 88th on Yahoo with an ADP of 88. And on ESPN, Kuzma's ranked at 86 with a, for some reason, ADP of 60. Now, if you're in a points league, he is a very clear top 50, maybe top 40 player without question. And in a category league, you're going to look and go, well, Josh, he doesn't actually give me any defensive stats and you are 100% accurate. He's bad at them. Is he going to have subpar percentages? Yes, he is. This is true. And this is not going to be for everybody. But Kuzma might hit three threes a game, have eight and a half rebounds, and average 25 points. That's a lot of value. And in the past, he has shown an ability to get some assists. Not, not seven, not six, four and a half. He can get that maybe. So when we're talking round eight, we're talking pick 88, we're talking 86 on ESPN. We're talking head-to-head leagues as a majority, not Roto. Points leagues is way ahead. But we're talking head-to-head leagues where we know we can deal with deficiencies and, and punting and that sort of stuff. Really hard to see a downside here for me for Kuzma. It's not for everybody. It won't work on every team. But on the teams that it does work, there's tremendous upside in grabbing Kuz in round eight. A couple of guys I want to touch on here in round nine in Yahoo. We're going to go to Detroit. And we're going to talk about the passport legend, Jalen Duran. He's ranked 94th with an ADP of 103. I would again look at those numbers or that positioning of Duran and go, huh, I don't really see significant downside. I, myself, Josh Lloyd, man sitting here in a chair in Australia, I don't think that James Wiseman or Marvin Bagley is going to put Duran into a 24-minute timeshare. I don't think that's going to happen. I will lose my shit if it does. But... I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that Duran's playing 35 minutes a night, but 29 or 30, I feel all right about that happening, right? It's very, very clear who he is and how he's important to this team. At an ADP of 103, a rank of 94, if he does play 31 minutes a night, and if he gets blocks back similar to the level that they were in college in Memphis, no guarantee, but what if he did give 14 and 11 with 1.6 blocks? on 64% with three assists. Hard for that not to be a top 75 player at worst. Don't think he's got top 40 in him, but 
had Nick Claxton go last season. What is to suggest that Claxton, who played, I think, 30 minutes a game last season, Walker Kessler played 30 minutes as a starter last season, what's to suggest that Duran can't be close to those guys? Why couldn't he play 33 minutes and be Jared Allen? What what could possibly... What is he off on with those numbers? Now, maybe he doesn't play 33 minutes. Maybe he isn't ready for that. But we're talking yeah, round nine. There's a lot of up... And I could have chosen a lot of centers here. Dan Gafford, who's injured, unfortunately. Mark Williams. There's very clear, easy ways to jump ahead of this. On ESPN, Miles Bridges is ranked at 100. Now, you might detest the bloke. Fair enough. So do I. He's got an ADP of 133. We ignore that because that doesn't make any sense. Bridges was a... Look, I know there was a stretch where he was top 25. That's That wasn't real. To me, he was more of a top 50 player that breakout season. There was a real hot stretch and it cooled off. He could be top 50 again. I don't know how they're going to use him. With PJ, with Haywood, with Brandon Miller there. I don't know if Bridges are going to be prioritized. I don't know how any of that's going to work. He misses the first 10 games as well. But is there any downside in him in round nine? I, no. What's the downside? That he's rusty... He doesn't work out. They deprioritize him and you drop him. Or he goes and plays 35 minutes when he comes back, goes 20 and 6 with 4 assists and 1.4 steals, and you got yourself a top 60 player at worst. And you might say, I'm not drafting Miles Bridges because he bashed his misses, and I am 100%. That's fine. No problem. Do what you want. You can, view, you can play fantasy however you want to. But for those of you who just want to draft the numbers, well, I think those numbers work in your favor there for Miles Bridges. And then we go to round 10. I think on Yahoo, Aaron Gordon is being a little bit undervalued. He's ranked 119th, which is basically the second last pick of round 10. He's got an ADP of 117, but we know the reason that he was down this low last season was just free throw percentage. I He played 30 minutes a game as well, and they lost depth. No Vlaco Chanchar with injury. Jeff Green is gone. Bruce Brown is gone. So just one to two extra minutes for Gordon. And if there is any slowing of Jokic or Murray due to resting or tiredness from the finals run, Gordon is a top 100 punt free throw player pretty comfortably. I think he's like a top 100 minus one player. And what the hell is the risk here? You know you've got absolute rock solid stability in role. He can't get worse than this, I don't think. And there's avenues to be a top 80 player. That's the upside we chase. And then on ESPN, Jabari Smith Jr. is ranked 112th. He's got an ADP of 116. He was shithouse for most of last season. Couldn't hit a shot. Steals never translated. He's going to start again, I'm guessing. He's going to play pretty strong minutes. Could easily jump up six percentage points in field goal percentage. Could hit more threes, score more. Play more minutes even. Two to three more minutes. No downside almost at all in that pick and very clear top 75 upside. That's what we're talking about when we're talking upside. Now, you don't want to stack every one of these players together because there's some risk with some of them. But this is how you can get success, is finding 40 value, 50 spots of value. I don't know if I said 40 value. 40 spots of value, 50 spots of value. And you're going to miss them. You're going to miss some of them for sure. But taking Jabari Smith there or Aaron Gordon, who gets 80 spots or 40 spots of value depending on punting situations... Getting them there versus drafting, I don't know, maybe that's not fair. I was going to say drafting Jaden McDaniels, where I don't really see a path for him to explode. Or Mike Conley, where he's just going to be solid. Or D'Angelo Russell, 
Like, is there any room for him to actually go crazy? I'm not sure there is. But there's big upside in both of those guys. Less so Gordon, more so Jabari. And that'll do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.